1: This is Game Over, a special presentation of the Hockey Podcast Network where we say goodbye to each and every NHL team whether they want to or not, whether their season ended in March or in June. It's time to put a pretty little bow on this hockey season and go off into the unknown of the summer. Now shut up and enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to the first of game over the side series the spinoff of the hockey podcast network where we say goodbye to each and every NHL team whether they want to or not (laughs) I am your host Richard Blosser routine routinely my area is on the grit and barrett podcast the only Hershey Bears AHL hockey podcast out there in the hockey verse but this is a little side project I like to do once we near hit the end of the year a little bit late to be doing this but real life and real hockey gets in the way so this is the first team we're bringing on to game over which this is and I want to preference this right away this is a side note this is we're not going to go completely in depth as to why the team ended up the way and did if you want a detailed in-depth breakdown of the misery love roller coaster ride triumph wherever any team lands please tune into to the respective podcast that that we have brought on here for all of you out there but we got to get the we have 32 teams on this island we're doing it survivor style this time we have 32 teams here on the island and the first one that's here at hockey council this team was founded in the year of our lord 2000 they have i believe only two numbers retired there on the raptors number 61 of Rick Nash and one I've been corrected, only one that is number 61. I thought it was one of the arenas that did a, a one that, that won for the fans in the arena Anyway, I'm rambling uh, This team had such great players come through its system, such as Rick Nash Mark Letestu and I'm trying. Anyway, this team is none other than your Columbus Blue Jackets, and i have no canon to make that sound more awesome than it is and of course i am welcoming on laura and jeremy of cbj collectively representing the first ones off the island representing the columbus blue jackets jeremy laura welcome aboard
0: that was a pretty decent Greg Murray impression. That was, that was actually pretty, pretty good. And, and yeah, thanks for having us. I mean, we always enjoy getting the chance to talk about all the misery. Misery is more of the, the gist uh, (laughs) over here. subjectively speaking, gotta be honest with you, but at least this year. Right. But um, we're, we're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's gotta happen to someone. It has
1: to, someone's gotta,
0: (laughs) someone's gotta do it.
1: So, um, I will start this off with the uh, proverbial question that I will ask every team that comes on here. What happened? What happened to a team that showed (laughs) such promise and such great offensive hype?
2: What happened? Injuries. Uh,
0: Laura's nicer than I am. I'll let her take this one. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah. Injuries would be the name of the game uh, for uh, our beloved Columbus Blue Jackets this season. I mean, I think, the best way to describe it is when Patrick Line gets hurt on his first shift on our very first game. Um, that's pretty much the dark cloud that uh, started growing over over Columbus this season. But, yeah, we've had uh, just a slew, I think. As of our last game, we've had 45, 44 players wear a Columbus Blue Jacket sweater this season, so... Yeah, it's been it's been a rough go. Are,
1: are you serious? His first shift of his first game, he got injured. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. What did you guys do to anger the hockey gods? What, what did you two do to do, do something to smurge and anger the toothless hockey gods? Something, it's Columbus. You guys have done nothing. <laughs> That's true. You you, you you have the nicest, most lovable, huggable fan base in the league. Why do the gods like you? You you guys were a proverbial uh, mash unit this year. I was fully expecting a, um, um, one of the medics from Nash to come out there. They're going, this isn't a hockey team. It's a moig. And then to flip the switch on the back, I'm going, when will the injuries never end?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, Pretty much. I mean, I think we just kind of uh, upset. I think the hockey universe pretty much said, hey, you got Johnny Gaudreau and the biggest upset in hockey history, and that's enough good luck for you. So the rest of it, you'll just have to pay for in the season.
1: <laughs> and my gosh, did did you ever. I mean, you, you, you have some good offensive parts. You really do. But your defense was the equivalent of of an American hockey league team, a team that I just saw last weekend in the Cleveland, Cleveland monsters. And it's just, just been, just been brutal for you guys. And I I feel bad. I mean, your, your fan base deserves so much better than what was what was being put out there this season. And you guys pretty much knew by the time uh, March rolled around, like, yeah, we're done here. (laughs) We're done. Let's just bring the kids up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it might have even been sooner, like, to be honest with you. Like, I think I, like, remember thinking, like, you know, around the All-Star break, like, man, the rest of the season is just going to be a long one. And and to your point about the defense especially, like – you know, you look at, you know, pretty, pretty immediately, you've got Zach Orensky who, you know, is in his first, I think this is his first year of his extension that he signed that shook the hockey world uh, to stay in Columbus. And so he, he starts the year off, you know, okay, but then ends up getting hurt and, and is out for the year. And then, you know, players like Jake Bean out for the year and, and, you know, guys like Adam Boquist who can't seem to stay healthy. It just didn't allow for the jackets to ever develop any sort of consistency on the blue line this year. and, and, it certainly didn't help the the goaltending situation, which I'm sure we could talk about at some point if we want to talk about misery. But it's been it's been fascinating to watch how this team has tried to piecemeal a blue line together this year. You're right. I mean, even even in the the low light of the season right now, here it, it seems like the team is able to still find ways to score every now and again, unless they're getting shut out at home. But you know, it, it ends up working out somehow in the end that you get the Blue Jackets have you know highest scoring rookie in franchise history and Cro Marchenko after only playing, you know, uh, a shortened period of the season. He stayed in Cleveland for a while. This team found a way to score this year. It just, you know, not enough. And in the games that they found a way to score uh, well, the other team found a way to score more. So <laughs> it yeah, really-
1: it seems it seems like um, uh, Elvis was left to die in his crease sometimes and just uh, yes. forgive me for portraits of words on that one, but just it seemed like he was left all alone so many times that the defense was just no help. And just taking a look on some of the injury report, again, that runs like a mash unit, uh, Line a, Gabranson, um, Oliver, Jack Roslovic, like you said, Patrick Line a went uh, went down, Goudreau went down, Adam Bulgquist went down. There's the majority of your scoring right there and no team's going to recover from, from that. So it's just, it just horrible luck for this team. And again, I feel bad for a team that had promised that I'm not exactly. were sure like cup contenders, but playoffs were definitely doable with, with, with this team.
2: Yeah. And I think, uh, cause we got a lot of, um, I don't want to call them bandwagon, but like definitely Johnny inspired fans uh, after the signing this past summer and, Um, it's been kind of a fun field to navigate as far as like interacting with other fans and trying to get other people to like see the bigger picture and, you know, yeah, this season has really, really sucked and it's, you know, not a fun time most of the time, but I mean, our fans are dedicated. We've had, what is it, Jeremy, 11 or 12 sold out home games, um, just in like the last, you know, second half of the season. And that's, mm-hmm. they're coming to see the bottom team in the league still. Um, so that just shows our our perseverance. And yeah, it's it's been rough, but I'm still hopeful. I know Jeremy, even though he's a little bit more pessimistic than I am, but um, he is still also hopeful uh, for the future.
1: Excellent. Because you got to have heart and you got to have hope as a musical once said. So let's take a look to the draft for Columbus, who is in the suck hard for Bernard sweepstakes crashing for Connor. That of course you guys are hoping to get that sweet number one pick. That's of course, um, if a certain commissioner doesn't, doesn't, um, you know, um, not put him in Columbus. <clears throat> I'm just saying, but you guys have a good amount of a uh, draft stock going in. I see you have two firsts having LA's pick for getting for getting my Bay and Spirit Animal Jonathan Quick, I mean, not physically, but you did. Um some picks from Calgary, from Winnipeg, you have Boston's 5th and a nice decent draft haul. So um Is it all in for Bernard as we head toward the draft? Or um, is there something else you guys could be looking at?
0: I think it's, I think it'd be naive if you're a Blue Jackets fan to think about only Connor Bernard in this moment. Uh, You know, I think, you know, the Jackets have only ever picked first overall one time in their franchise history. And that was actually a product of a trade. Um, The Jackets actually did not acquire, like they they did not uh, win that lottery uh, for first overall pick of the year that they picked rick nash it was a trade with florida that was able to facilitate that draft pick by columbus and so uh you look at years where they finished last in the league uh, one of those years was the year in which i want to say it was the 2011 draft was that the niall yakupov and ryan murray draft if it was um you know that was that roughly around that time was the last time i believe the blue jackets finished last in the league and, and you know they ended up you know Getting jumped by the Oilers there for mm. for that, and they ended up getting Ryan Murray, mm-hmm. which probably is the better pick for them in that yeah. draft. But nevertheless, it still ends up being um, that Columbus has never <laughs> has never won this dra- draft lottery, right? And so, if you're if you're a Blue Jackets fan, if you're anybody in the league, and you're looking at the standings and you see Columbus in thirty second, please, for the sake of God, do not say that it is a done deal that it is going to be a blue jacket. Um if you're a blue jacket fan look at look at folks like Adam Fantilli and you know the the Will Smiths of the world. I don't know that I personally have any desire for them to go for a MacPay Mitchkov considering his his Challenges with potentially not being in North America until 2026, but that could also potentially be when the Jackets are competitive. And so it's just it's it's an interesting thing to navigate. Leo Carlson is another player for the Jackets that I think you would be wise to to look at if you are trying to trying to piece together who Columbus can end up grabbing there at the at that. You know, we're hoping they don't fall below third. If they fall below third, we're going to get a little nervous, but. As long as they're picking in the top three, I think we feel good about what they've got coming along. And you mentioned it, other draft capital there, too, that I know that they're willing to move. That first round pick from L.A. is something that I think that they're willing to move. And uh, ironically enough, probably for a top four defenseman, which is what they got rid of when they when they got that first round pick (laughs) in Vladislav Gavrikov. But but we'll see what happens. I mean, the Jackets, I think, are going to be busy this offseason.
1: Laura, any thoughts on that?
2: Uh, I mean, I feel very similarly. Like, um, we've, we've done a lot of explaining of how the draft works and the lottery, um, on our show over the last few weeks. Cause so many people assume that if we finish last, that we will automatically be getting the first round pick. And we're like, no, 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 no. That's really not how this works. Um, and we actually did some mock lottery selections a couple of weeks ago on our show just to show like, how, you know, different these, you know, the odds and stuff can go. And funny enough, in our, um, doing it, I think we had more opportunity to be first when we finished 30th in the league versus when we finished 32nd. So, you know, it's just, it's a gamble. And obviously we're in, in this kind of season, like a player like Connor Bedard would just completely turn such a big page in our franchise's history, but Adam Fantilli is, you know, no one to snub your nose out either. So um there's a lot of, you know, possibility. And I think as long as our fan base remains calm in this situation, um, I mean, I, I have full like trust in our GM. He has, has brought some incredible things into this, into this organization. And I think Yarmo is uh, going to do the best he can with whatever pick we get.
1: Excellent. Good stuff. And definitely uh, um, Adam Fantelli, who came off a pretty darn good four, frozen four run and performance really helped. So like you said, you know, you don't exactly have to take Connor Bernard because I think this is a darn rich draft we are coming into. So um, let's take a look at some of the uh, free agency stuff as we're looking ahead to the, uh, the Fucha as um, as you know, we're jumping from June in the draft to July as we hit free agency. You've got some expirings coming off the books this year. Um, a little bit of forwards, a little bit of uh, defense, not in terms of like too big of names. As I'm checking here, um, courtesy of Cap Cap Friendly, um, Matto Oliver is heading out, Lane Pedersen, a lot of like depth guys, nobody like really major. But once you get to goaltending outside of Elvis, you've John Gillies and Michael Hutchinson going out. Um, could you guys possibly be in the market to get a um, perhaps a veteran goaltender, or what seems to be the uh primary focus heading into free agency?
0: Nothing is a guarantee in goal right now for the Jackets. I think that's the, the thing that is potentially. I think the Blue Jackets' future success hinges on figuring out what the hell's happening in net. To be frank, uh, you know Elvis Merzlikins is under contract for another four years after this year. I want to say, um, and and that deal, you know, that cap hit is I think around like five and a half, if I'm not mistaken. And so they're they're on the books there. That's obviously the guy that when they sign that contract, that's who they think is going to be their starter for those those five years. But I mean like you kind of alluded to Richard it just didn't work this year in part I think because of the help that he was not getting in front of in front of him but I also think that there were some some different things there that were challenging for him this season and you know, I think he started to find his game a little bit toward the end of la- or the end of this year, I should say. I'm already in the future, and I'm already starting to forget that the season happened, calling it last season. But um, you know, I, I think you know he started to to find his way, and then he gets injured again after returning to the lineup after you know taking some time off to to deal with a, a personal loss, and so I, it's just the goaltending is going to be a. Uh, a nightmare to figure out. Danil Tarasov is another player that the Jackets have in the pipeline. He has played a lot of his season in in Cleveland when he hasn't been hurt, I should say. And he's a guy that the Jackets think could potentially turn into a number one, but he's also somebody who hasn't exactly shown that he could stay healthy for a prolonged period of time, which isn't going to bode well in the NHL. And and so we'll see if he can if he can fix that up, right? But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it, you've got. Elvis Merzlikens, one and, and Daniil Tarasov two heading into next season. If you don't make any changes, and I think for the development of Daniil Tarasov, I think this was supposed to be the year that he spent in Cleveland to be the number one guy to get those minutes. He gets hurt, he doesn't make it happen. I think they need to find a guy who's going to back up Elvis Merzlikins or potentially potentially serve as as our starter. Right? Like I mean, like I'm not convinced, and I'm not going into the off season selling selling Elvis Merzlikens as a starter of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Laura disagrees with me. Laura is a big Elvis Merzlikens fan and she's hoping for the best. But I, I think that if you're not a little bit apprehensive about what the Jackets have in goal, then you're not paying attention.
1: All right, Laura, your witness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jeremy makes fun of, uh, fun of me for it all the time. I am an Elvis apologist um, and he's had a tough, like, I, but I will also be the first person to tell you that he has had an incredibly tough season um there's definitely some stuff going on um obviously they're always very vague with players and potentially you know working through things he has been hurt several times this season um so my thought is is you know there's potentially a lingering injury that he's been trying to work through or you know there's definitely a mental component he's been through a lot in the last couple of years um and not that we all haven't, but experiencing the kind of tragedy that Elvis has experienced, you would it would be ridiculous to think that it hasn't had an effect on his play. And, um, yeah, it's just been rough. And I think a lot of pressure might have been put on his shoulders, too, with the signing of that big contract. I mean, he's a very confident guy. But, you know, when you got a fan base that a good chunk of them wants – everything to be turned upside down and like bright and shiny rainbows immediately. And we can't deliver that on many fronts. That's a lot. Um, So yeah, it definitely was a rough road, but I still feel very confident that he's going to come back and find that spark that we all knew and loved when he first started with the blue jackets and um, what made, you know, Yarmo give him such a big contract. So I still feel confident, but he'll definitely need support. And like Jeremy said, with in, with the development in mind of Daniil Tarasov, we need someone else to come in for an, at least another year so that he can get the time that he needs um, to really develop. Because he's incredibly young. Daniil is only, what, 21, 22, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah, very um, young. Yeah, so he, he needs a little bit more time as a goaltender and – we could need we could use a little extra help um, solid help in in Columbus so hopefully that's on the list uh for some acquisitions this summer
1: speaking as an outsider as someone who yes watched a game there in a Columbus and i think it's definitely on the blue line was not giving him much help what's whatsoever i i will come on here and say a lot of this was not his fault I think Tarasov is still a little undercooked, per se, because I saw he did some time in Columbus. And um, as the kids like to say, it's not him. He ain't him, as the kids like to say. Not as of yet. Maybe a little bit, but he's still a little undercooked. So um, we're going to get back more into game over, and we'll take a short break right after this. But before we get back to game over, it's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. Get in on the excitement with every game and with the touch of a button, new customers can bet $5 pregame money line and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can secure a no-sweat same-game parlay Every day during the NBA playoffs, open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it does not hit, you'll get a bonus bet up to $10. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a battle brewing there out west as the Sacramento Kings are two up on the Golden State Warriors at the time of this this recording, can the Warriors bounce back or will no Cal finally take their first series since the days of Vlade Divac? Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and secure $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. In Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050. Or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 8 Hope, New York, or text Hope, New York, 467 369. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700. On behalf of Boot Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. And now, on with the show. And we're back here on Game Over, talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets. So um, let's uh, turn our eyes a little bit further down the line, and it's time for one big question – where I'm going to ask a big question of the two hosts. They don't know what's going to be asked. Not even I know what's going to be asked. Let's have some fun with this, shall we? So Ooh, let's heading into heading into next season uh, with with Columbus, obviously anything will be an improvement as to what happened happened this year. But um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna ask about one of your bigger uh, prospects. Is Trey Fix Wolanski going to be sticking around and could he have a future there in the bottom six in Columbus?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean like, I, I really like Fix. I have had the opportunity to interview him a couple of times and he's, he's such a good dude. I, I want him to, I really do. I think it's, I think there's proof in the pudding that like he's somebody who is continued to continuing to get called up by the jackets here and, and down the stretch, especially, I mean, the kid managed to oversleep a team meeting last week and ended up being sent back down to Cleveland as a result of it, which that's, sh- that sucks. Right. Like, I mean, like, yeah. that's like not what you want to see happen, yeah. but generally speaking, I mean, he's a guy who, You know, he's had one of the most successful, you know, seasons in franchise history for the monsters this season. You know, he finds I mean, he is a small but mighty dude. He is somebody who I can really see potentially carving a a place for himself in that bottom six. I think, Richard, you're exactly right. Like that's kind of where I see him. I think if the Blue Jackets give up on this Liam Footy experiment, that's a place that he could potentially find his way. Same, I feel similarly about the Emil Bemstrom experiment. I think it's a matter of the Jackets trying to decide if they're going to cut ties with some of those guys who have been anchoring that bottom six, trying to find a way to make their way into the lineup but not being able to do it. That is all going to rely on, well, I should say, Fix's ability to crack the lineup is going to rely on, on some of those tr- changes. Laura, I don't know if you feel differently, but that's just kind of how I see it, at least with Fix at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I love Fixie. Like every time he does get the opportunity to come and play with the big club, he works hard. And that's kind of one of the other things we've been t- we've been talking about a lot too is you know, everyone's you know, tank this, tank that. And the players aren't going to do that, especially these players that are getting an opportunity from Cleveland to come up. Like they're not going to waste this opportunity to be seen. And to have, you know, to prove themselves to every, you know, to everyone in the front office that's watching. And Fixie does a great job with that. I mean, he like Jeremy said, he is small but mighty. I mean, we were noticing it in in the lineup the other night when we were at the game. He's just so small in comparison to some of our other players. And I have an affinity for the shorter players. Cam Atkinson is my all time favorite NHLer. And he is also amongst that, that short bunch. Um, and even Johnny Gaudreau, like we, we were down getting ready for an interview and Johnny Gaudreau walked past us and we both looked at each other and we were like, he is so tiny. Like he is just such a tiny human. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, you know, fix works his butt off and he has had, like Jeremy said, an incredible season in Cleveland and It's really going to – he's going to get his opportunity this summer in camp and all that sort of stuff to really prove. And, you know, my hope is we do kind of give up on some of these more frustrating experiments that we've had and, you know, send them off to potential other opportunities so that we can get these guys that, you know, do have a little bit more possible of a future um, with our franchise a chance. but. We shall see, but we're big fans and, you know, he's a, he's uh, becoming a fan favorite. I think it's the long last name that our fans kind of <laughs> grasp onto. Um, but yeah, he's a good kid and it would be nice to see him get some more opportunity. I
1: always love these little nicknames that, that fans and the players give them, you know, like you calling him Fixie. We have Riley Sutter and Hershey and people call him Zud- Sudsy. And I was once getting an interview with some players and everyone's saying, hey, Sudzy's here. Sudzy's here. And I'm like, who the heck is Sudzy?" And the one looked at me and went, Riley Sutter. Oh. And I'm like from like the old Bugs Bunny cartoon going, Hansel? Hansel? Sudzy, Sudzy." But anyway, I, I love Trey fix I hope he gets in. He has burned my bears more than a couple of times, but love the kid. He's a hard, fast worker and he wears my number number 64 as in nintendo ultra 64 <laughs> so let's let's keep this going let's take a look you know in to the future so two more questions before we get before we wrap this up um why should blue jackets fans be optimistic heading into september
0: oh laura is queen of optimism laura you get this one first you are like <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, you know, I've been saying it a lot over the course of this se- this season. We have We have a lot of good pieces. We don't have all the right pieces yet, but we're slowly working our way into it. We have such an incredible depth in our pipeline right now that as soon as these super young players start to mature just a little bit, they're going to be really dangerous. I mean, we've already seen things from Karel Marchenko and Kent Johnson, and David Yurichek is doing incredible things in Cleveland. Um, and even even the guys playing in juniors right now are just absolutely killing it. Um, and you know, we're exci- like that should be really exciting for fans in general. But also the fact that Yarmo was able to clear up a decent amount of cap space at the trade deadline. So we're coming into free agency and stuff with a a decent amount of cash that's free that we can potentially get some more high caliber, you know, strong players, especially, you know, as much as I love our our centers right now, we could definitely use a true number one center. Um, I love our captain, but he would be better suited as like a second third line center but he's been you know been killing it as much as he can this year on the on the top line but and you know we could also use another super strong defenseman to be um even if not on the same line as Zach but you know on our second pairing to just keep that that strength depth um and like we we just spoke about we need a solid a second solid goaltender so those are all things in Yarmo, I mean he's a man of few words and lots of secrets, as we like to say, but he definitely has the best interest of this team and this fan base um, at at his heart and at his core. And he's not happy about how this season went. Um, And he's been pretty vocal about that. He, you know, had a presser the other day and said, this could not have gone worse. And, (laughs) you know, I'm going to do everything that I can to you know, get the motors going again and then, you know, start to show some improvement. So I think that alone should be hope and praise enough for fans to stick around. But I think these last couple of games too, just seeing the heart that is still in it, even when we are losing big or having terrible games, you can tell that the players still want to do well and still want to play well for the team. Um so that's enough for me, but Jeremy may have some additional thoughts on the positivity train. I mean, you hit you hit most of them, right? I think
0: I think the thing is is, is Richard. I hope and pray that you're right with what you said earlier when you said that. Well, things can't go worse next year. Um, <laughs> I think that you're onto something. I mean, like I think if you're a Blue Jackets fan, you're just excited to see what this team can do fully healthy, right? You're hoping that the off season is a good chance for this team to to recuperate and and get some stuff figured out. I mean, any chance that you get to see players like Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Linea skating on a line together, potentially centered by, like, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's gonna happen, but potentially a generational talent and a Connor Bedard, or even an Adam Fantilli, or even a Leo Carlson. Not sure that Leo Carlson or Adam Fantilli are are NHL ready next year, but like, I still find myself, you know, thinking that. You're also going to have players like, of course, in Kuhlmanns, who was a first round draft pick um, from the uh, 2021 draft. He's somebody who could potentially find his way onto the lineup. He's been playing in Cleveland here at the end of the season. And then you've got some other other folks that Laura, I think, referenced. You know, you've got some guys that are tearing it up in juniors right now. Whether that's, uh, you know, a uh, Jordan Dumais who is just absolutely lighting the Q, Q on fire right now. You've got Luca Del Balbaluz who looks good in the O. You've got Stanislav Spotsel who has you know, best friends with Connor Bernard, hello. Um absolutely tearing it up in Regina too. Like so I just like there's so many young players that I think are gonna push these players in Columbus to be better and that's a good thing with with an organization right now that has the depth that this one does and and i think you have to expect this team to be a contender for a playoff spot next year especially when you look around the metropolitan division i think you're seeing teams that are frankly like aging and not getting much better um richard i'm the worst i'm just going to assume it because you're a Hershey bears fan are you a capitals fan
1: uh by a, by a proximity by yes okay, i sure. am actually a yinzer at heart Don't
0: tell okay me. Well, okay. So, so I guess both can still be true here though, right? Like, I mean, like you've got teams like Pittsburgh and Washington that, you know, are starting to age, right? Not saying that they won't be competitive here for the next few years, but like you can start to see, especially for a Blue Jackets fan, like, we, we, we know how our Blue Jackets fans feel about Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So it's like you have a chance now to maybe start like leaping some of those teams, right? Like you're starting to see, you know, I always used to think that the Jackets and the Devils were on a kind of like similar trajectory in terms of their rebuilds. I was proven real wrong this year, but. I think that that's what you have to start to look forward to as a Blue Jackets fan. Is like that could potentially be the meteoric rise that you see if you just get a couple of these pieces to fall into place. You just get a couple of your prospects to finally get up to NHL readiness, and I think it's going to be fast. Like I don't think that the Jackets are going to spend much time fighting in wild card contention. I think it's going to be, you know, one year all of a sudden they're just going to be lights out, fighting for for the topis in the Metro and and proving everybody wrong while they're doing it.
1: Well, speaking as the resident, Yinzer here, I already know the changing of the guard has happened considering the rise of the Hurricanes, the Rangers, um, the Devils this year, and Columbus is on its way. My eyes are not blinded by pride. I well know that the changing of the guard is already happening. So, um, yep, as – some teams fall, more rise to take their place, such as the way of the National Hockey League. So let's turn this around. Why should Columbus be depressed heading into October?
0: <laughs> oh, you got time, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> We're up to 31 minutes. Oh, man, that is funny. Laura, You, <laughs> I, I'll, should I start because you'll be less depressing than I will?
2: Yeah, because you are definitely yeah. better at pointing out the flaws than I am. So have at it.
0: Well, I th- I don't think this is a playoff team next year. Like, I think that's one thing. Like, I think that, like, if you're a Blue Jack, like, I think that if you think that next year is when all of the, all of the frustrations and all the challenges are lifted... You might be a little bit depressed next year. Uh, I don't know. This team is not going to be abysmal. Like, I'm not saying that this is going to be a team that's going to be out of the chase by December or January like they were this year. But this is a team that still needs to grow a lot. And I think that there are people who want this team to make moves that will make them competitive tomorrow. And I'm one of those people. I want want to see them make moves this offseason that are going to put them in position to be successful. But at the same time, they're not going to do anything knock on wood. Like I don't know. I could be wrong. They're not going to do anything stupid this offseason, like I think a lot of people think they're going to do. They're not going to go out and they're not going to, you know, make some sort of, you know, earth-shattering trade that's going to like change the the face of this franchise. Like it might be a quiet summer in Columbus in terms of free agency, in terms of those kind of things. And I think that's going to signal to some blue jackets fans that like this franchise isn't doing what it needs to do to win. And I could just see some fans just absolutely sulking in that I think goaltending is going to be a potentially another issue next year like I think that they're still not going to be nearly as good on the blue line as they need to be that top six is going to start to finally take form I think next year and I even think that that bottom six has a potential to start taking form next year but the rest of it still needs to fall into place it's still half-baked next year I don't think we're there yet and I think that if that's the case I hope I'm wrong but I think Blue Jackets fans are going to have a hard time grappling with that
1: Um, any, anything you want to, uh, add to that Laura? Because I do have a, a few thoughts on what, what Jeremy's saying.
2: I, I mean, I'm basically on the same page as him. I, I don't think that we, I think we will be better next season. Um, but not, there's no one player, or one situation that is going to fix all of the little things. Uh, we are very much so a work in progress and, you know, I'm a newer fan than Jeremy. I've only been a fan uh, for about five years now, and he's more of a long-term, since he was, like, you know, knee-high situation. Um, And so I've seen, like, kind of – I started out in the glory, like, the real strong glory days of the Blue Jackets. Like, you know, I saw them sweep the lightning and was there on game four and cried my eyes out and all that sort of stuff, like – And so I've also had to adjust with our fan base to seeing sort of what a rebuild really looks like. And, you know, everyone was shocked and thought Johnny was going to be this magic band aid that pulled all the pieces together. And we were, you know, everything was just going to be great. And that's not the case. Like there's, there's issues when you're a super young team and that's what we are. And there's, issues when you didn't maybe have the cap space to hold on to certain players that were stronger and, you know, you needed to get rid of them. I mean, some would argue that one of the biggest mistakes we've made was had to give away Oliver Bjorkstrand last summer um, in order to justify having Johnny Gaudreau now on our, our pay, like on our pay register. So there's still some things and still some kinks and, but we're getting there, and it'll be better next year. But definitely not to the point where I think some fans want it to just leap, you know, and us start playing like we're the Boston Bruins or something.
1: I definitely think I I I I, I, I brain mouth work. Um, I agree with what you said that 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 you guys are going to be better. But I don't think you're going to be the kings of the Metro because I think, again, the Hurricanes and the Rangers will have something to say about that. Um, New Jersey's getting better. Um, you know, and the Islanders will just hang around. And even as old as Pittsburgh and Washington is, they're going to hang around. I'm not saying they're going to be playoff teams. They're going to hang around. So that's going to be a big log jam for only three guaranteed playoff spots. So... I, I I get what you're trying to say. There is no way that this team's just going to put it all together, and this team's going to going to go on a magical run like what New Jersey is in the NHL. It's possible, but unlikely. So I could see that that fans shouldn't get their expectations too high because the Metro is still pretty darn pretty darn loaded. I mean, at least you're not Philadelphia. So Columbus, mm-hmm. you know, since I've been since I said this was like survivor at the beginning, one last thing I'm going to kind of do is how would this team team's fate be if the NHL was like survivor? So basically your team, you know, let's take the two two conferences and put them into two separate tribes. Let's just go ahead and do that. You guys are you're in the East. You're a lovable, hardworking one. Fans like this team, like this player off the bat. But unfortunately at the first immunity challenge, You got injured. You're making – you're trying to get firewood for everyone to get a fire going. But, oh, no, you got greenwood, and greenwood's not good to get. You're going to get water for everyone. Oh, no, you tripped and fell on the way back, and you spilled the water. But you're going to go back and get it. But it starts raining. You're trying to make all these deals with people, but nobody wants to make alliances with you but you're just gonna work darn hard and you hope that a tribal council nobody's gonna vote you out but um yeah you got 10 votes to vote you off so unfortunately despite all your good all the good hearted intentions that you had you were the first ones voted off the island you know one of those hard worker people that they think are going to stick around for the merge but sadly just doesn't happen not your fault but somebody's got to be first voted off the island and that what the Columbus would blue jackets be if this was survivor but as is the golden rule here on here on game over Columbus you tried you really did but unfortunately the hockey gods just said not this season and we say Ah, it's so good to hear that sound, Game Over sound bite once again. So good to hear that coming through the speakers. So, Lauren, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on Game Over, being the first ones to do this. But before we say goodbye, I'm going to give you a minute or so here to uh, promote your podcast or whatever project you guys have going on. So, Lauren, Jeremy, the board is thine.
2: Well, thank you so much, Richard, for having us on. This has been really fun. Um, we will always talk about the Blue Jackets, regardless of uh, if we're sucking it up hardcore like we are this season or if we're, you know, heading into greatness. But um, yeah, we just, we just love talking about them and we're big fans. And if anyone wants to come on this ride with us, you can uh, follow us on social media. We are at subjectivelypod, um, and that's on Twitter and Instagram, and then they can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking, um, and we're on all major podcast platforms. And we're love to have you know anybody along for the ride. Uh, we have some really fun content coming out here this week and next. Um, we we got some great opportunities with the team themselves, so we're excited to to share those and. Yeah, so if anyone wants to come along for the ride, we are more than happy to have them.
0: Jeremy, anything from you, brother? No, listen, I Laura kills it. If you listen to any of our episodes, Laura kills it with this part. And I just end it by saying, until next time, you know, take care of your talk to you soon. That's my that's my shtick. So Laura, Laura killed it.
1: Well, thank you to both of you for coming on and, and repping. The blue, red, and white, known as the Columbus Blue Jackets on Game Over. Same, shame you were the first, but as I've kept saying, it's gotta happen to someone. And thank you to all of you for tuning in to Game Over. This was the first of many. Next time on Game Over, we're gonna we're gonna most likely go to the Midwest to a team and a place that the hockey gods decided to smite mightily. This team has deserved every single bit of vile and that has come their way, and I can't wait to talk about them. But to everyone else out there, and to all of you in Blue Jackets Nation, in the words of Red Green, remember, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on the show. My name's Richard Blosser, and I'll catch you next time.